Are you living out your childhood dreams? That's what we're discussing today on The Devil is a Lie. The Devil is a Lie. Here's your host, Angel Nicole. The Devil is a Lie. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. This is your girl, Angel Nicole, and this is The Devil is a Lie, the authentic voice for how men and women push past imposter syndrome and overcome adversity. Did y'all know that only 8% of people actually achieve their goals? That's what, 92% of people that say they're going to do something, they don't actually achieve it? Now, that statistic comes from the University of Scanton, but... The idea that only 20% of Americans feel like they're living out their American dream or that dream that they set out to accomplish when they were a child, that's very staggering. And that statistic came from CNBC. Today, I'm super excited to bring into this conversation about achieving goals and overcoming adversity. I have none other than Sharice Jackson Jordan, and I'm super excited because she's on Rivals Real Housewives of Potomac and a former housewife herself. (laughs) So welcome to the show, Sharice. Hi, how are you? So I want to go back a little bit because I really want people to really get to know you outside of being on this amazing show, outside of being a celebrity and celebrity wife and all of the glam and the glory. Mm -hmm. Like, who is Sharice? Oh, man, who am I? I, You know, honestly... I am a very low-key person, first of all. I spend, well, I don't know if it's because of the pandemic, but I've been sort of like in the house a lot and not doing a whole lot. And it's starting to become part of my personality, which I'm actually afraid of, because normally I'm the entertainer. I love entertaining. I love doing parties. I love doing charity work. That's my passion, community service. And mm-hmm. it's something that, you know... Due to the pandemic, I kind of fell off a little bit, but I'm excited about getting back involved in the community and doing the things that mean so much to my heart. So when you were a kid, little Sharice, little little Miss Sharice Jackson, Mm -hmm. what were you passionate about? What was your dream, that dream job when people said, princess, what do you want to (laughs) be? What did you say? You know, I do not recall as a child. Really? Really? wanting to be anything like literally when I went to college it was like what do you want to be and I'm like I don't know and so then my sophomore year is like okay like get it together and I'm like okay so then I decided to just do uh, journalism was actually my major radio and television broadcasting and I just did it because that was the only thing I was interested in that they offered (laughs) you know and so I think in a sense I did, I always wanted to be on television once I started doing journalism. I did a little radio uh, that didn't go too well. I mean, not that it didn't go well. It's just, you know how it starts off real slow where you really don't make any money. And that not making money was lasting a long time. So I was like, okay, you know what? I need to eat. (laughs) (laughs) I got to branch out. Right. (laughs) But I remember as a child always feeling that I could do like anything and fortunately, my mother allowed me to do different things. And I unfortunately quit a lot of things too. Like I wanted to be a gymnast. You know, I wanted to do gymnastics. I did gymnastics. Maybe I did 
four sessions. And I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do it anymore. Then I, I wanted to be a swimmer, took swimming lessons. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to do that anymore. But she would allow me to just try out different things. And at night, immediately, I probably wouldn't like anything. I just, I'm like, I'm going to go the rest of my life and not know who I am. <laughs> I <was> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think that's how you find out what you enjoy and what's right. just not going to work for you. So yeah. I applaud your mother for supporting that. But then I even applaud you for being like, look, I don't even want you to waste your money. Cause exactly. this ain't it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to waste your money or my time. <laughs> you graduate, you did radio. Where do you think you realized your passion for community service and charity work? You know, actually, I've, I've done bits and pieces of it as a child. Like I, I did UNICEF. I was always, my mom was very involved in the community. So I saw that growing up. I, I'd like to think that I'm a version of her. Like a lot of who I am, I see her, which is scary now, you know, because like when you're younger, you're like, your, your mom does she doesn't know anything. Total opposite. Yeah, like, oh my God. <laughs> now I see her so much, it's scary. So I think it's just a natural thing. I got my DNA from her. So I've been doing it in little increments as a child. And then as I got older, well, I, I was a workaholic at one point, but then I was able to not work once I, my husband had got another job and we relocated and I looked at it like this is my opportunity to like do community service full time. And that was going to be my job. Mm -hmm. And I just dove in and I didn't care. And I just was, you know, doing it and enjoyed it. It's it's just like such a remarkable feeling. And it's actually, for me, it became like learning experiences because I was encountering different people and different walks of life. And there was lessons in everything that I did. So while Mm -hmm. I'm helping them, they were really helping me. I love it. Now, have you ever had the experience of where you felt like you may have lost yourself? Oh, who Charisse is? Oh, yes. Not too long ago, actually. Because the really? world just, yeah, the world fell apart for me. Not, I, I shouldn't say it fell apart, but I went through a divorce, which I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought that would ever happen to me. And I was so depressed over it. And then the show that I worked so hard to put together, I was no longer on a show. So it was like, like the show was supposed to be my escape. Was that your choice or? I would like to think it was my choice, <laughs> but not really. It wasn't, <laughs> really wasn't my choice, but it sounds good. Um, but no, it really wasn't. Okay. I wasn't, I was going through a divorce and I just wasn't, they thought I wasn't open and I was hiding stuff. And I, you know, they want you to just open the world, your world to them. Yeah. And I personally, it was, a, I was going through stuff. I was, like I said, I was in a depression. Well, I felt like I shouldn't say I was in a depression because I wasn't diagnosed depressed, but I felt like I was, I was okay. in a bad space, you know? And so I didn't know how to navigate because I had children and you know, I've never been through this before. I'm I'm not a product of divorce, so I don't even know what divorce really looks like. I know I was devastated. Right. I was literally rock bottom. I lost friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just so much stuff at one time. And so I just it just felt like my entire world was falling apart. 
in that moment, because I feel like a lot of people, especially like with the pandemic, Mm -hmm. um, there were like record highs (laughs) for divorce, right? I even went through a divorce like right before the pandemic. So I truly understand. What would you say was the hardest part of dealing with a divorce or coming to terms with? The hardest part for me was actually with my children. You know, my son, Mm -hmm. he didn't handle divorce well. My daughter, she was okay. But my son, I mean, it was hard. And so trying to keep myself together to be strong for my kids, that was the biggest challenge for me because I had to put myself sort of, um, I used to call myself, like when I look back now, I was like a functioning depressed person. Like I literally would drop my daughter off to school and come home and just ball. Like when my marriage first started falling apart and then I had to put myself together, put my game face on, deal with the world. Like I just thought like everybody was going to judge me, things like that. I just, it was just a lot and so many different areas. Mm -hmm. It just was too much, but you know, I got through it. And so in getting through it, right, because I think a lot of times there are a lot of people who would probably be uh, diagnosed as clinically depressed Mm -hmm. in times. And I think we know ourselves enough to know, like, something ain't right. Right. (laughs) I'm barely hanging on right now. Um, But how did you make it through? What were some of those tools that you tapped into? You know, I'm very spiritual. I'm a very spiritual person. I'm not one of those people that just like, you know, profess my spirituality every time I encounter somebody, but that really helped me tapping into my spirituality. Um, because I think what happened was when I was going through all the stuff that I was going through, I lost sight of my spirituality because I let that other stuff overload me. And it was Cloud like, woe yeah. is me, it's the end of the world. And, you know, and, and I lost sight. And then um, I literally got sick and I was in a hospital. Oh, wow. And when I was in the hospital, I laid in the bed and I was like, okay, the devil is a liar. <laughs> okay. Because you're getting your ass up and you are going to, you know, you're going to shine. That's what you're going to do. And, you know, I just refused to let him take me out. My mother died of a stroke. And so when I was in the hospital, mm. my blood pressure was so high, I was in stroke zone. So it was like a wake up call for me. Cause I was reality like, check. Yeah. I was like, yeah. You ain't taking me out of here. <laughs> I was like, you ain't taking me out. So I had to snap out of it quick. I, I, I prayed a lot and I really started meditating. Um, I started journaling. I started listening to positive people, like speakers, motivational speakers. Um, I did this thing where I said, anyone who's toxic, I don't want them in my life. So I had to wean out Mm -hmm. people who were not for me. And I just Mm -hmm. had to surround myself with positive people. Not that many, actually. Um, But my circle just shrunk, which I am, I'm so much lighter. I'm so much lighter. I don't have that toxic stuff. I don't have people calling me with, nah, nah, nah. I mean, you know, it's just, I'm, I call myself Peace Sharice. I'm Peace Sharice right now. 
you know. (laughs) Peace, Sharice Bubbles. Yeah, that's gonna be your podcast name. (laughs) (laughs) So, at any point, did you do therapy? Did you have people that you felt like you could confide in and talk with? Yeah, I have people that I could talk to, but um, there's this therapist, Doctor Jeff. He's Mm -hmm. he's been on like a lot of do a lot of shows, marriage shows, couples therapy type of stuff. Mm-hmm, He's mm-hmm. amazing. He's yeah. an amazing therapist. So, you know, we did talk a lot. At one point we were talking all the time and then I turned into a therapist. I thought I, I was a therapist after many sessions. <laughs> <laughs> I got this now. <laughs> one of the things that I know often happens when getting divorced, and again, I've been there, gone through this process, when you get to the other side, mm-hmm. did you have like an, an awakening where you were like, yo, F what y'all heard. Sharice Jackson is in the building. Like I'm a whole experience. Yeah. And if somebody doesn't realize who I am and what I am, mm-hmm. that, that sorry for it. just happened like a month ago. Because <laughs> let me tell you, okay. going through a <laughs> pandemic, I was like, am, am I still depressed? I was I was laying around. I wasn't doing anything. I had no motivation. I was was not doing anything. I've gained a lot of weight. You know, I'm like, it became a You look good, girl. You look good. She can get it right, though, (laughs) because, yeah, I've been working out lately, so I'm going to keep that engine going. But, yeah, so, like, going through two years, like, getting divorced and going right into a pandemic, Oh my gosh. It was just like, I wasn't sure. Like I thought I was good. Cause I remember when, when my divorce was final, I remember being relieved that it was over because I went through an ugly divorce, like trial and all that stuff. And it was just a relief that it was just over. I just wanted it to be done. So that was cool. And then, you know, now my kids are gone. They're at school. I'm here by myself. And now it's in a, in a pandemic. And I thought I was, I just thought I was going to lose my mind. I was so happy the kids came back home because I was, I was lonely, you know? Yeah. And now I have to date and all that stuff. Ew. <laughs> it's fun sometimes. You're not yeah. having fun with the dating? Well, I haven't been out as much as I'd like. About to pick up a little bit, you know, COVID's, you know, calming down, summertime's on the horizon. Yes. So you're ready. Yes. And my eyes are wide open. Every time I go outside, I'm like, (laughs) look at everybody. (laughs) I could be in a grocery store and I'm looking like, I wonder if you've been out seven. (laughs) I look at everybody now. It's so funny. I can be driving my car and the car is right by. I'm like, all in the car. Like, (laughs) crazy so what would you say to a woman who is going through a divorce and you know really feels like her world is upside down like what piece of advice would you offer her just from my experience I just I was just telling someone earlier today because they were talking about they failed at something and I said you know actually you never fail at anything everything is a lesson a life experience and you take what you learned or what you went through and you become a better person. So you have two options. You could just let it swallow you and you just have self pity or you take that energy and make, allow it to make you better. 
you know, and at the end of the day, you're going to be happier. It just, at the moment, it doesn't feel like it, you know, you think you're going to feel that sadness or whatever forever, but child, when it, when you wake up that morning and the sadness is gone, (laughs) it's a great place to be in. It really is. A great place. Great place. The devil is a lie. You guys are tuned in to The Devil is a Lie, and we are speaking with Miss Sharice Jackson Jordan, a former... The OG. The OG (laughs) of The Real Housewives of Potomac. So excited to have you here. So recently, I had a conversation with someone who realized that they only have five years to live. If you were to find out that you only had five years to live, would you feel as though you are walking in your purpose and doing all that you want to do? Would you change anything? And if so, what would you change? You know, that's a great question. I honestly feel that I've lived a good life. Um, I I Mm -hmm. feel that I'm a great person. In terms of changing, I, I mean, outside of wanting love again, because I love love, I would just love to have that opportunity to love again in the last five years of my life. But outside <laughs> like, Lord, that, just give me some loving. Just give me some <laughs> loving. That's what I mean. But outside of that, I think that I've lived a good life. Um, I've done a lot of things. I've helped a lot of people um, because that's what it's all about at the end of the day. At the end of the day, it's not even about you. It's what you've done exactly to make a difference in someone else's life. And if you haven't made a difference, then you got work to do. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love that. You have two children Mm -hmm. off at school. You have like another gazillion amount of children that you've just adopted and made your own. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that's one of the things I love about you. You're very welcoming and you're very like, when you say you love, love, I love that. It's really not even just about receiving that love. You Mm -hmm. love to love others. You love to pour into others. And so to be able for me to witness that and to know that about you, um, I think that that's like one of your most beautiful assets. <laughs> and so when it comes to pouring into others, because sometimes people have a hard time receiving love. Mm-hmm. I have that little bit of an issue like of allowing people in to pour into me. Yeah. How do you kind of break through those barriers where if people are resistant to love, you're still able to pour into them. I think it's more of of being there, just letting someone know that you're there. And I think that once you're consistent, that barrier slowly mm-hmm. breaks down. You know, um, I know for myself, you know, I've lost a lot of close friends lately and in the past year and a half. And people that I really loved and it was a very hurtful experience, but I actually prayed to God and I asked him to remove people from my life that weren't supposed to be there. So they're gone. I've prayed that prayer. Mine mine was anything that is not for my greater good Mm -hmm. or that you have for me, please remove it from my life. So, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a little painful, but they needed to be gone. Um, But Mm -hmm. like, there's a, there's one in particular who, um, 
I really loved as a person that I thought was different and I thought was a good person. Mm -hmm. And you know how you meet some people and you identify some people as spiritual, like you have a spiritual relationship with some people. That's what I thought that was Mm -hmm. a spiritual relationship in a sense. Um, So that was very disappointing for me. Um, One thing I've learned about myself in this um, pandemic is that I have a bad judgment of character. I like to see the good in everybody. I have the worst. Like you, I have friends that will say, Sharice, you don't see this. You didn't see that. You didn't see this, you know, or they'll see the, I don't, I just don't see anything bad about people. When I meet them, you have to really do something to me for me to feel any type of ill will or bad feelings for you. I'm, I'm horrible. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that's why that's been my prayer for the past month. Like, Lord, just please give me a better judgment of character because I suck. Some discernment. Yeah, I really, <laughs> I really need it. But, you know, I, um, I'm, I'm getting better. I'm, I, but like you're saying now, when I meet people, I'm a little reserved, you know, I'm not, I'm okay. not as open with my heart. At least that's my plan. Like not to be as open. <laughs> I'm, I'm a cancer. We are, we, we love. We're Lovers and We're so emotional. emotional. So it's so easy for me to yeah. attach, to get attached. So I'm, I'm like, I'm not giving my heart to anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of not giving your heart to anyone else, coming mm-hmm. off of divorce, I know most men that I know go crazy. Like, I mean, they got a woman here, a woman there. They just like, hey, I am free. Uh-huh. Did you have any of like that, like when you were free, that you were like, you know what? I'm just about to sow my royals, like coming to America. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's what I wanted to do. Didn't work out like that, but that's what I wanted. <laughs> I so badly wanted that, but no, it didn't happen. <laughs> I was disappointed. Not Everybody all. kept telling me, girl, don't worry. <laughs> They're gonna be knocking at your knocking your door down. Every time my doorbell rang, it was Amazon. I was like, I'm looking for that man. (laughs) Where is he? Where is he? (laughs) They said he was gonna knock my door down. Where is he? I I I I've dated two guys since I haven't been okay. You know, since I've been divorced. Um, Mm -hmm. that didn't you know work out too well, but. And I'm two great dated, guys. So it's past tense. So clearly, yeah, two, yeah, they're two great guys. Just not for you. One, I, I talk. I'm like, I might have to make a call to every now and then. But, <laughs> <laughs> but outside of that, <laughs> but yeah, no. So as you move and are more cognizant of who you share your heart with. What is something that you're doing to kind of get out there and, you know, let it be known like, yo, I'm, you know, Sharice, I'm about my peace. I'm single and I'm ready to mingle. Nothing. I, I tried to, I tried to do online dating. I can't. Did you really? I did. It didn't work. I, I can't. I, I mean, I haven't got, I've never went on a date I with anybody. <laughs> I never found anybody on the thing. <laughs> I was hoping, but if that didn't work, you know, I, I don't even know Nothing. how to put it out there. 
like and I, every part like you know how they say closed mouths don't get fed. So everybody that'll listen, I'd be like, I'm on a market, I'm on a market. You know anybody? You know anybody? <laughs> Do you know anybody? I say to everybody all the time, nobody. Now one person has referred anybody to me. <laughs> the last person I dated, somebody has referred you. Yeah, the last person I dated was my doctor. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the last person I did. All right. And not my gynecologist. No. <laughs> All right. So what's next? Like, what do you have on the horizon? I know you love your bubbly. Like, can we expect uh, a Sharice uh, Shondon in the near future? Like, what's going on? You know, I actually have looked into doing that um, with this company and the person who... I was working with left the company and then she was trying to bring me with her because she started her own business and it just never went anywhere. Um, I was waiting for my divorce to end before I even entered that entity. And then you ended up in a pandemic. So that went out to the wayside. But what I really want to do, I want to open a champagne lounge. Ooh. Yeah, that's what I want to do. What would be the ambiance of that? Like, what is it? I, what know, does it feel I, like? I what is it? See it like a little sexy, loungy type of thing, and um, you know, like uh, not jazz, but um, like some nice music. Some nights, other kind of music, karaoke maybe yeah, yeah, on yeah. other nights. But um, I just want like chandeliers and white furniture and. You know, just bubbly, bubbles everywhere. The glamorous. Yeah. yeah. That goes along with, really with champagne. Yes. I love it. So is that what we can expect to come in the next I'm, I'm trying to, iteration I'm trying to of what Sharice is doing? I'm trying to really manifest it. Okay. <laughs> well, I will add it to my prayer list too. Yeah. I've been looking at venues though. I've been looking at different okay. things that are available. I just haven't seen anything in a couple places that I kind of like. They're, they're tra- they want it to be retail, so um, that's not going to work. But hopefully, God willing, I will have a champagne lounge. Yay. Awesome. Well, share some social media information so people can get in contact with you. Do you have any products or are you selling anything right now? You ain't got no books, no lipstick, no lip gloss. Yeah, I haven't got a thing. I'm doing a comedy tour and then that. Yeah. You do comedy? <laughs> I do. <you> know. <laughs> I try to do a little dabble here and there. So, but yeah, the tour starts, I think, in June. And it starts in Houston, Texas. Right so now. what you like talk about? Like what's your genre for your comedy? Is I it usually, like family relationships? I usually talk about my vagina. <laughs> <laughs> the journey of my vagina. <laughs> yeah. Oh Lord. It's been through some stuff, <laughs> I'm telling you. But not it's not sexual stuff though. It's just like um, like I fell off a moped and I injured my vagina and I lied and told people I was stitched up and couldn't have sex, even though I wasn't stitched up. And it, the rumor went through the whole school that I had, had been stitched up, couldn't have sex. And then they 
added to it and said I had to put a tube up in me to have to go to the bathroom <laughs> and I couldn't have kids and oh it was crazy and I was just going right along with it like mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> I was in a hospital for like a week so you know I just made that stitching part up because my boyfriend after that wanted to have sex and I really didn't want to have sex so I said to him if I'm going to tell you something but you can't tell anybody and so I told him I was stitched up. He's the only person I ever told and that he to. told everybody. And then the whole school knew. <laughs> Even though he swore he didn't tell anybody, but the whole entire school knew. Wow. All right. So what's your social media info so people can follow you and stay in touch? You can follow me on Instagram at the number one, Cherise, C-H-A, two R's, I, two S's, E. Well, this has been so much fun. I hope you enjoyed it. Did you have fun? It was fun, yeah. It was fun. <laughs> Good. How often you you do weekly? Weekly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a new guest every week. Wonderful. Yes. I gotta get my contract over there. <laughs> yes, it's gonna be so much fun. Uh-huh. All right, y'all. I hope that you guys listening have enjoyed this episode as well. Thank you so much for spending this half hour with me, Sharice. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Of course. And to you at home, be sure to drop a comment about what your thoughts are about this podcast episode. I would love to read your reviews. And I know a number of you have inquired about following me on social media, and you can do so at the T-H-E-E, Angel Nicole, on all social media platforms. The Devil is a Lie is a production of the Alive Podcast Network, engineered by Julio Gonzalez of Zymer.co. And music is provided by Audio Vibes. Be sure to subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and follow us on social media at Alive Podcast Network. If you are interested in joining the Alive Podcast family, visit AlivePodcastNetwork.com to learn more. We hope that you enjoyed today's show. And remember, there is greatness within you. And if anyone tells you any different, the devil is a lie. Until next time, be blessed. The devil is a lie.